This is the Where You At Buds podcast, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Stephen, Evelyn, and Marcus. I had some media training back in my Whistler Blackham days. I had a little bit of media training, but then I I purposely threw myself into the mall of the media monster once to to uh, do the right thing for some for some sled dogs, which is a crazy part of my history. But anyway, so then I, I had a little bit more because I knew it was going to be hot and it was a hot topic. So that was a that was a weird one. Before we get started, do you what do we have in there? I, I saw you had Fridge? the whole package out there. I got lots beers. of stuff. Okay, what, well, did, what did you bring? I know he's. I know you he like this. Me up with something good. I know you like this. I ain't got time to bleed beer. Oh, here, I love this stuff. I didn't. Um, be my, I got a lot of sours. They finally gave oh, me hot sauce. Nice. I'm not. I'm not a drinker. So like, they they've, finally. They've been, they've been enjoying all this beverage and beers, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there watching them get. Yeah. You know, have a few. <laughs> so they finally got me some hot sauce today. I almost drink as much hot sauce as beer. It's so good. That's beer infused hot sauce from backcountry. It's so good. Good. Anyways, today Marcus got his hot sauce. So yay! Right? Yay for Marcus. Put that shit on everything. This hot sauce <laughs> sponsored by Backcountry Back Brewing. Back why why does my talking. microphone keep going limp? Uh, I don't know. Things seem to go limp like around it, you. That's not true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Speaking of hot sauces, though, have you guys? One of the most disappointing moments in the last few months was I discovered Ling Ling Canteen in town. This young lady who was making stuff, I guess, basically at home, like, but just insanely delicious dumplings. And then her chili oil is this slow, like caramelized, uh, shallot-based, Szechuan-y, peppery chili oil. Mm-hmm. And I got her last jar before she left town for a year. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. See you next year. Then I opened it. It's the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. Thanks for the beer. It's nice, yeah, right? Beer's yeah. good. Beer helps lubricate the answers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's Drink like, up, Kirby. It's like hot ones. Oh, no. Except for we do it with beer. Thank you very Found much, it. Backcountry Brewing. I think it's we'd be shotgunning these if you guys are serious. <laughs> we got hey, lots of beer. You're working your way up to a Widowmaker. You have mm-hmm. like five flights and you're working your way yeah, to a Yeah, there's an IPA in there. Hey, Kirby, you might have just started something it's absolutely a bit intimidating. New. It looks all friendly. And then behind you, I see nothing but drills yeah. and... Skate sharpener. Oh, skate, <laughs> that's sharpener. skate sharpener. Okay, that's what it is. All right. It's, it's not equipment, a, yeah. the not equipment a torture stuff device too. if I'm not forthcoming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the skate sharpening <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Well, we'll listen, thanks for coming here today, Kirby. The local legend himself, the general manager of the Sea the Sky Gondola, Mr. Kirby. How are you, sir? Legend for Welcome. all the reasons. Good. You are right. There are a lot of reasons, and hopefully today we can touch on a few of them. Sure. We're excited to have you. Yeah, it's 100%. Nice you, so where, where is Kirby Brown from? Well, I grew up in Lunenburg in Nova Scotia. Little fishing oh, wow. Town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. You know, uh, town of like down there, over there, down there, over there. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I know they talk like that in Newfoundland, but does the Felix well, in Nova Scotia have the you same? You get thing? some of that it's there, though. A too, little bit. Yeah. It's different every little cove you go in, right? The you know, like Lunenburg is like old German, so yeah. You know, the boys would say, "You want to drink rum?" You know, it was like that, and then Blue Rocks, which is just like you know where my brother-in-law is from. It's like ten kilometers down the road. It's like where are you from Blue Rocks. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's a whole different thing, but. That was great. It is honestly is a like a super cool town to grow up. It was it was gritty when I grew up there because it was like you know the the fishing industry was collapsing and the town was going from rich to poor kind of thing. But it was beautiful and surrounded by beaches and water and you know it was kind of quirky. Coast it's to a coast, very old town. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you, yeah. you've gone coast to coast. You go from one coast to their coast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. which coast is better? Well, <laughs> this coast has mountains and ocean. Yeah. No, I mean, I honestly, like Nova Scotia, it's like a whole different, you, you step off the plane in Halifax, it's like it's a walking pace, you know what I mean? You come out here, it's just a bit of a faster tempo, 
which it's, I don't know. And then really, that must be really slow in Nova Scotia. Cause when I moved here from Ontario, it seemed a lot slower here. Really? Oh, oh yeah. you should go back east. You'll love it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, it's just such a, it's a lovely place filled with lovely people. So for the most part, I mean, everybody's got their jerks, right? But do you still have family back there? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So you go sister, back, you go back niece and all the time. Yep. Lucky. As much as possible. Yeah. My dad's a landlocked captain in Ottawa but apart from that they're all still back there that's the so cool crew. no but the, my dad used to run the Blunos too the sailboat on the back of the dime you're looking puzzled but that I know thing, I'm like what Canada's only tall ship Evelyn true, oh, true story oh on the back of the dime this okay, is gotcha. now <laughs> officially an ad for tourism I know, in Nova I know Scotia. we don't use coins anymore but <laughs> yeah. didn't you not learn the yeah, yes, yes I find those dimes all over my house yes that boat is that's what that boat is thank you awesome and they brought it out to Vancouver for next time I'm just gonna be like yeah, yeah obviously I know exactly what you're talking thing. about the more you actually know. Lunenburg when they had paper money was on the back of the hundred dollar bill for years and oh, wow until they started putting dead men and birds or something on them <laughs> Lunenburgers aren't bitter about that at all from the hundred dollar bill like to it. a bird no big deal <laughs> anyway then I moved out here mountains what more do mountains. I need to say you, like Whistler did you go up to Whistler or was yeah, it Squamish that you straight, landed pretty straight to Whistler straight to Whistler yeah. okay like everybody yeah. wants to go and yeah. Right. Is that like a, is it a thing? You're from the other coast. So you you're one of those we've heard many now. Like almost yeah. every transplant. We've had lots and there's so many beautiful creative people that are coming here. Which for us is great. I mean, obviously we'll have a podcast for the next 20 years, but yeah. for real. Like is it a thing like when when you're abroad? Oh yeah. Your people like, you know, do, do, hey, I got to get to Whistler. Whatever year Blizzard of Oz came out, my best buddy, Derek Rhodes, who moved to Whistler, like I went to university, he went to the University of Whistler and drove me nuts. I call him all the time. Hey, and every time one of his roommates, like 10 roommates, hands the phone, is Derek there? No, he's mountain biking. No, he's windsurfing. No, he's snowboarding. No, he's like, it was constant. I was like, son of a, like what life decisions am I making? But right. uh, obviously I, this predates cell phones. Yeah. Look, yeah. At my, look at my bald head, Marcus. Yes. I'm yes, with you. Does. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Okay. By like a, by like a long time. But yeah, it was Whistler was the calling. Like we went, oh, that's what it was. We went to see Blizzard of Oz in Halifax, uh, you know, Greg Stump movie. And that was, that was it. Derek was moving to Whistler and uh, and uh, honestly, what was it? Wait, sorry. What was Blizzard of Oz? It was a ski movie. Oh, it's a ski movie all about Whistler. Yeah, largely Whistler. But okay. Yeah, no, it was just that whole that whole tonality of like skiing being the coolest thing on earth, especially in Nova Scotia, which is fairly flat. Right. I mean, we have our ski areas, but so did you Whistler. do any skiing when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, my dad was an old school ski patroller back in oh, his wow. day in Quebec. Um, so I learned how to ski in Martok. 800 vertical feet of oh, sheer wow. icy terror. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, that's oh. what I've heard, too. Like, I've heard, like, you know, people from back east are like, yeah, you know, you're standing at the bottom of, like, the magic chair. Yeah. Like, see this magic chair? That was our whole mountain oh, back yeah. home. You, have like, not... you guys have no idea. Well, yeah, like, the, the double black diamonds are, like, the green hills over here, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. You've yeah. not really skied until you've waited 30 minutes in your jeans at the bottom of a lift, an old triple, <laughs> for 30 seconds of downhill. Right, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the right ratio, right there. That puts it all in perspective. It really does. Yeah. So, did you, did you go to school for what did you go to school for to bring you up this way? Yeah, no. I, well, no. I, I I actually came out here to escape school. I did a business degree, and I was like, no, don't like it. Going to go skiing for a while. So you did your business degree back east, and then yeah. came out here. Yeah, I went to Dow, did BCom, and nice. managed to pass somehow. And then, and then literally, I was like writing in the week of my final exams and Derek called and said hey my roommate moved out you should come out here and I was like yes I should there's a weird weird side story about what my career options were at that time but I 
which I can share, I suppose. But I, so I, I put myself through school with my parents' help, of course, like you all, you all do. But my main job was working at the local funeral home, like Lunenburg, what? small town, not a lot of jobs, oh. not a lot of good paying jobs. And the, what did you do at the funeral home? Kind of everything. Yeah. Know, which sounds like you're going to make me wash my hands. Aren't you? you got that look in your eye. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I kind I, of I, am. But don't okay. you need a license to embalm? Like, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I was, I never led the embalm be very clear about that but no you i mean you, you know, he was I, supervised I, but, oh in yeah. the embalming but not okay, not everybody can just roll into that job like no, it was weird i was like what 18 i guess 17 18. 18 years old but you know so here's the thing like lots of funeral directors you spend your life around the dead it can affect you as you might imagine but my funeral director was a guy mike zink and i like saying his name out loud because he was wonderful like the most wonderful human being you could ever hope to meet. And he's like, okay, Kirby, you seem like you got your stuff together for your age. Like, I'm going to teach you the rope. So he was all about like compassionate care and understanding, you know, the grieving. And like, he was really in, into that instead mm-hmm. of like just, you know, selling caskets and, and digging holes. So yeah, but I mean, it was right. him and me and sort of an office admin person, Joanne, also an amazing human. That was it. So wow. when things go off, as they sometimes do in the death business, you know, it is all hands on deck. I mean, what I found out was a what lot could of, go off. Like, what do you? <laughs> people sometimes sometimes die in large. There's groups. pandemics sometimes. Oh, in large. Okay, I, I got know, you. Have you like, ever yeah. heard of them? But there's yeah. there no. I know, but I'm just like like something that yeah. went off like in the funeral. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm just really interested in this. Yeah, it was. It was. It's awful. morbid curiosity. Yeah, yeah really there's kind of morbid because you know bus crashes, yeah. boat sinking. Got yeah. you. Okay, no. Oh yeah. Okay. Irresponsible party goers. But it was like it was amazing. Mishaps. Yeah, mishaps. They're pretty big mishaps, but. <laughs> but, but anyway, you learn a lot about life working in a funeral home. Yeah. But certainly, like, that was my option out of school was to go into the funeral business. And I was just like, or I could move out west and right. be a snowboard bum for a while. So that's... <laughs> Sounds like a happier yeah. kind of trail. Yeah. It makes it sound like a really simple decision because it was. But, uh, but uh, Well, you know, but, so the funeral home thing, it would have been a consistent job because people die. It's not like you'll ever be oh. out of work. Job security. It's job security yeah. there. 100%. Interesting though, but I'm like, uh, that's, it's an interesting job. I'm yeah. just saying like, not everybody can roll in there and be like, okay, well, you know, like, but, and handle it. Yeah, no, I mean, it was heavy at times. Yeah. Hilarious at others, which is, you know, there's some stories there. But it probably says something about like how good I was at business school when like my cho- my financial choices were snowboard bomb or secure financial future. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go work in tourism because that pays. That's, that's where the money is. That's it's like hosting a podcast, right? Working oh, yeah. in tourism. Well, lucrative. 100%. Totally yeah. lucrative. We're just happy when swag comes our way. Oh, that's awesome. Beer. Right? It's not bad. We want more swag, don't we, Friar? No, a hundred percent. We always love swag. Do you know swag stuff we all get? Like you know, no, you no get the swag. Is. I don't get any. No, you know, you kind of. I got a bottle of hot sauce since we first started. You guys, you got beer. Well, I get, I got, <laughs> oh, I got stuff you don't even know about. But do we need to. <laughs> I'm not better. Are we gonna work yeah. some stuff out here? <laughs> oh, look at this. Yeah, yeah. This you see, is, our we can recreate our fight. Kind of on the whole swag train right now, Kurt. Oh. We're on the swag train. They, the they put a po- couple of podcasts together, and now they think they're entitled to free stuff. Yeah, we want free stuff. We love swag. Send it our way. And, we're not afraid to give I'm a size extra plugs. small. <laughs> so what year did you end up in Whistler? 1993. You know, I, I thought I'd move there and hang out for a summer. Maybe, well, like a full year. Not a bad year to arrive. Oh, 93 was, was a good oh, year. Man. It was glorious. Yeah. It was. Those are some glory days there. Yeah. yeah, it was It was awesome. Got there in the spring. Sanco de Mayo, May 5th. Moved straight in with a bunch of guys and started like learning the mountains in the worst possible way. So into staff housing or into no, like an actual an actual house, house yeah. with like eight guys. Yeah, I yeah, moved, yeah, yeah. I moved Three of you were under stairs in a closet. That's how it goes. Yeah, it was it, the the first weeks. It was an A frame on Alta Lake, and then it was straight into my buddy's place at uh, my first visit, I should say, and then. 
Then it moves straight into Easy Street. Oh yeah. Right oh, I love Easy Street. Straight <laughs> into Easy Street. It was awesome with a you know a great crew of fellas. And life's never been easier since. Oh man, those were the glory, like truly glory days, right? Other than my first season, I smoked a tree on on my board and uh, you know spent a year in rehab. But, Whoa! So that's really what compelled me to stay longer because I wasn't physically capable of leaving for oh, wow. a long period of time. But it was also a great. Were you working on the mountain? I started off. I was I applied at Cheetahs. Basically, drank. I, I moved out there with like a with a check from the government. Uh, my my tax refund as a student, like six I think six hundred and thirty eight bucks. I actually remember exactly. Whopper! How much it was. You have life by the hairs. But I have my business degree, right? So like, so my financial acumen again paid off because it took me <laughs> about three weeks to realize that if you're drinking at Cheetahs every single day, oh my God. sooner or later the rent is going to come due. <laughs> so I did what any smart kid would do. I walked into the kitchen and applied for a job at Cheetahs, and they actually, you know, I, I, I applied for a dishwasher. They hired me as a line cook right off the hop. So my, my career was already on that trajectory. Oh, yeah. hey, All like, of a sudden you get staff pricing yeah. on drinks and food. Perfect. It was great. It was great. Yeah. So I cooked in <laughs> Cheetahs for a while and then I was, you know, did Whistler. So I was landscaping. I was driving limos. I was anything. And I got a job at the mountain. I used to clean. So one of my jobs was a cleaner and I used to clean the Creekside offices. So when did you get a job that actually reflected your degree? Have I ever had a job that reflected my degree? <laughs> No, no, actually, so I, I got, so I was there during the merger, right? Like, and I, and they offered me a manager job and I was in the interview and my soon to be boss looked at me and said, and you got a business degree, right? And I said, yes. And that's what four years of school got me was a single yes. Like nobody ever looked at my grades. Thank God. It was just good timing, right? Like, you know, the ski business, you stick around long enough, like sooner or later, they're going to have to promote you. I've seen this face every year now. Who is this guy? So you worked your way up though. Yeah, from cleaning their toilets to scanning tickets, guest services, and then quality assurance for Whistler Mountain. And the year of the merger, they made me housing manager. Oh, wow. Was, yeah, it was wow. Actually, that was a wow moment in my life. Like, like I was a kid, I was 26 years old, and suddenly they're like... Now you can shed the roommates? all these buildings filled with humans. You're to look after them. Right. Like, oh, oh, I'm woefully underqualified for this job. <laughs> it was, oh, it was... It Fake was, it till you make it. Yeah, well, literally, it was astounding leap of faith in me. Like at the time, and it was wild. It was wild. You know, mid late nineties, black home staff housing. We had like it's funny. I was talking because we have housing at the Gondola today, and as I remind them, like housing sucks, and it sucks in this way. Like you don't want to employ people and know what's happening in their bedrooms. Like you don't yeah. ever want that. Only at a pure necessity that you'd ever involve. Yourself I kind of in. do. If I was the, uh, okay. No, it's complicated. Uh, do your own thing. Be kind to one another. Right. Walk your own path. I love my time in Whistler, you know, I just uh, I kind of grew up there, you know, and and again, the ski hill took bets on me that they never, ever should have, man. <laughs> never should have. But it paid off for them, so. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess. Yeah. I made my share Maybe they saw something, you know. But everybody does. You make mistakes on the way, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's life. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. So you're down here now. Oh, yeah, I love school. So what brought you down really to work at the gondola to be honest like I, I'd been living in Paradise Valley for a little bit and then I went back to Whistler for a little bit kind of jumping around my life but Squamish is like I grew up in a kind of a industrial town that turned to tourism after its traditional industry sort of collapsed right and, and I'm not saying that's exactly Squamish it's but pretty there, much exactly yeah, Squamish well, there's, yeah there's something that felt like home about Squamish other than it's also like one of the most spectacularly beautiful places yeah. on earth you know it's so, ridiculous isn't it uh, yeah and so I came down here for the job but I, I just I, it instantly felt felt like home you know and then you know I met my life partner here and life has moved on you know and I th- you know honestly the gondola gig was like First time in my life, people ever talked to me about building a lifelong legacy, not just sort of making money. And I was like, okay, like 
Well, you're the first, right? You're the first GM. Not exactly. There were a couple. I started. In yeah, March. there was there was a couple prior to. Yeah, was there, there not? There was a couple at the, at the outset of it. Yeah, they, and they, I always say this because I was a supporter of this, even when you know, again, yeah. like everything in Squamish with recreation, you have people you who are detractors of it, especially when you're pitching the idea of it. And I remember they were coming out to like Brackendale Fall Fairs and yeah. and this kind of stuff, and then garnering support. I was always one of those people. Like I thought it was. Oh, great. Yeah, I, I wasn't in Squamish. I was overseas when the whole thing came about. So what what was the idea? Because I know there wasn't the first time they tried to get a gondola going. They wanted yeah, well, to get one on the chief, on the but chief, that didn't yeah. work. So they exactly. figure out this location. I mean, how, how did it work out in the end? Well, again, I was the interloper, right? I came in after they'd already been running for eight months. So all the, the hardship of trying to get a new project off the ground came before me, right? But in every every new project should prove itself. Like you got to prove yourself. So I'm, I'm all about, you know, that sort of, you know, the sober second thought. But they, they just did a great job. So there was an idea 10 years before the gauntlet to put a gauntlet to the top of the chief, which is like the worst idea ever. Like for, for every reason you can imagine, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but then that idea went away. The community was reviled against it. And those who are listening to this that remember that would know like for totally good reason. And then original guys, uh, you know, Michael Hutchinson, Trevor Dunn, David Greenfield, um, with a host of support, like they realized that, no, the idea of showcasing the best of this part of the world still works. It just can't be there. So they found this other alignment uh, up to the shoulder of Mount Haybrick and then did years of consultation, like really deep consultation with the Squamish Nation and then, you know, mayor and council today and then community stuff. They did over, I looked at the, the sheets and they had like a hundred and, I can't remember the exact number, hundred and something community consultation meetings and stuff and, and really actually adapted the project around feedback, which is kind of unique. Like it's not just, this is the idea, this mm-hmm. is the idea. They were like, okay, they, so they made some major modifications and and got it, got it done, which is extraordinary. Like it's really hard, but, it, and again, it should be hard to do these things, right? Like it, they should be thoughtful. So, so all credit to them. Like I, I did none of that. <laughs> I just, I'm like a blister. I showed up after all the work exactly was done. That looks hard. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was but really I mean, when people tall. give me credit for it today, I'm totally willing to accept. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got all that. So I did everything. Oh my gosh, you guys built this wonderful yeah. oh, building yeah. up here. Like, yes, hundred percent. Yes, yes. Quotation marks. Yes, yes. we did. Yes. You're we welcome. Really did. Yeah. yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. But I guess you know I paid my dues later on in life. Oh yeah. Right? So, oh yeah. We'll get to that for sure. That's yeah. karma. I love it. I, I mean, I love the story. You talk about where are you at, bud? You're this Nova Scotia kid. I got this degree. It is what it is. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm just gonna go and ride it out, do some couch surfing in Whistler, British Columbia, for a little bit. And like, this is what we talk about, Kirby, when we're talking about ordinary people to extraordinary stories. The people that are behind this and listening to these podcasts can understand like there's you can go so many ways here. Like there's so talk about forks in the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, you were talking about, yeah, I could have been in a bomber, I could have been this guy working in a funeral home. And <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I just decided, you know, I have six hundred bucks, I got this tax return and off to Whistler I go. Here we go. Yeah. And coach surfed it out and then GM of yeah. that you're right, is probably likely going to end up being a lasting legacy. Yeah, this this is special. Like, so I gotta say, so the guys, the guys who I mentioned earlier, see Sky Gondola guys, they had approached me a couple times about it, and and I was like, what a gondola to a restaurant? Like, I look at this ski resort that I have run. Like, it was all I say this is some, I've said it before, but it was like all ego getting in the way. And finally, I, I you know had a bit of a life epiphany about what was actually important. It's community building. Like, I I love to live in towns where you got people who get it and are switched on and are just trying to make it better. You know and yeah. And that's what these guys want to do. They were like, no, no, like if you understand that, that this is really about legacy, 
then you're the right person for the job. And I was like, oh, well, sh- I guess that's right then. And it's not a bad place to raise your kids, right? It's awesome. Where's better? Like, honestly. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I don't know. There's lots of great towns everywhere and everybody loves their hometown, but this one is, this one's got a whole... Truly a see the sky. Right? Uh, I mean, it, when there isn't many places in this world, you can legitimately ride vertical pow, get off, go out golf, yeah. and then maybe have a little apres on the water, you know... We're at Backcountry Brewing, our sponsor. With Backcountry Brewing. That's so true. But also, like, like Christian and Patty and those guys invited me to go to uh, see... Uh, what's her name? Oh, I wish I could remember her name. She's such an amazing artist. Anyway, the Brackendale Art Gallery. Um, it'll come to me. The beer's already kicking in. But, you know, Have I took another. my girls to their first live concert at the Brackendale Art Gallery a month and a half ago. You know, that's in our town, right? Yeah. This hand-built by quirky, lovely, caring human beings. Yeah. This amazing little jewel like in that squamish too right like it's you know you can get outside and have some fun but now there's these in special interior spaces that people are creating that are really pretty magical you know and that's what's well, funny i grew i'm obviously this is where i'm born and raised you're you're here sitting in the backyard in the shed where i'm born and raised <laughs> actually fortunate, in, yeah. fortunate in enough to, to oh, purchase wow. this off my parents back in 2013 the only real estate deal I ever got right. I will say that. I mean, thank you, Squamish, for blowing up like you have. Yep. But, you know, growing up like a block and a half from, from uh, the Backendale Art Gallery is like, you overlook it. It's oh, just the yeah. unicorn. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, now yeah. it's a space for such amazing, talented artists that we that we house here locally, like you say. And, it, and, and it's guys like you who've traveled, you know, from other ends of this beautiful country and they're small little towns and they're coming here. And then guys like you who are managing great projects like this help guys like me go, hold on here. Right. Yeah, we do got something. There's only one thing you can blame the, the, the Bugondola for, and it's because of them, I believe, why your housing is like you made the best real estate deal ever. Because I think when the gondola was built, people from Maple Ridge were bombing up here like, hey, it took 45 minutes to get here. And it's cheaper here than it is in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm I moving mean, you, you here. Can blame that, you can blame that on 2010 too as well. <laughs> right? the, I mean, let's not care ourselves. The tipping point, the tipping point with the gondola. The area on the map. Oh, yeah. and, and the gondola is <laughs> yeah. just, they're highlighting that. What I'm saying is that the gondola was a tipping point. The Olympics highlight this area fantastic. But the, <laughs> yeah. the tipping point was like, hey, it's beautiful up here. It's cheaper. And it took me 45 minutes to get here. It's well, it's awesome. funny because I remember like talking to politicians and they were like, what do we do to get people to come to Squamish? And I always used to say, like, all you have to do is put a billboard up in front of the Portman Bridge and right. then change it every single month. If you lived in Squamish, you'd be already home doing this. And the first one could be feet up, looking over the ocean, <laughs> drinking beer. Or the next one is mountain biking. That's or the next one is, uh, is paragliding. Or the next one is hiking. Or the next one is fishing. Or the next one is, you know. Yeah. Anywhere but right where you like are. Like right the outdoor right. recreation capital of Canada. Stuck in traffic. Truly is the proper moniker. I think right, like, your, your point, though, is is a good one right because you talk about being between like one of the most livable cities on earth and the number one resort in north america yeah you know like so you can't hide that for long right you got to happen eight, right eight plus million vehicles driving through squamish every yeah. year mm-hmm. between those two points like and they're like wait hold the phone yeah i know i could reflect what you're saying because when i first moved here in 98 and i bought my place in 99 and then i was well like done. why is there nobody else here this yeah. place is like, for exactly your point, like Whistler's there, Vancouver's there. Yeah. Why is there no one else here? And then I used to smell the mill like, oh, that's why no one's here. Okay, oh, it's wow. a it's a logger's town. Yeah. I get it. But that's going to change at some point, I guess. And it just took, what, 20 years, 20 30 years. years for it to happen. See, that's but like, even that was fun. Like you could blame that on whoever was in the car with you. Like, you know, you'd smell the mill, right. smell like fart. 
<laughs> Didn't you ever do yeah. that? Oh, I was like, oh, well, it was just well, you eat wood fiber. Fish, you know? It just smells like low tide. It was wood fiber, I swear, you know? Well, like, well that's it. Like, you're... <laughs> Fun things as, about growing up here. As a you know, as a kid growing up here, like you're in playing, you know, competitive sports. Often you had to leave the community. Yeah. Like you did, all you know, the time. You, and you got kids. You, yeah. you got to leave the community to go out and compete with you know the Vancouver, the, the townies. Right. You got to go out down there and go compete with them. So yeah, you're right. There's there's probably more than a few of those yeah. moments. Like hey guys, See, my hometown, is the fish plant was the Highlander seafood products plant. So yeah, and they did they did the big fry up on Saturdays and Sundays. So all your laundry smelled like fish sticks. Oh my god! Which I, you know, I, I still have fish sticks, so I was cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I was cool with that. That's, That's cool. like your new sticks. nickname. Yeah, you know. like fish sticks? Yeah. Why? I'm, I'm trying to get the whole South Park I'm a, joke. I'm, like a, I'm with it. You like fish sticks? Highliner fish sticks. I'm in. Shameless plug right there. Oh my god! Oh. Highliner fish sticks. I'm in with a good tartar sauce. They're gonna oh, make it yeah. now that we plug them. Say bien tartar. Oh yeah. Oh, love the tartar sauce. Love it. The more homemade. The better, oh, but you yeah. were talking about community and community building, and we were talking about the bag. I mean, you, you've you've done a lot also at the, the gauntlet, trying to bring local artists and trying to bring artisans in there. I know you had my business up there doing some stuff with the kids and yeah. a lot of art, and you and you try to accomplish that with, with the gondola, and you, you've done so much for the locals, actually helping locals with their with their passes to get up there and to build that community. Have you seen us? Like, is there any more you want to you want to do? Have you seen? Have you achieved Tons. your goal? No, not even close. I mean, not even close. That. You know, for the first few years, we were just like focused on, for me, not we, me, and the team, which are awesome. Like they deserve all the credit in the world. Trying to learn it, like be gentle and learn the business. And so we just tried to give as much away as we possibly could. So anybody who called and said, hey, we're local and we're fun, we would just give stuff away. And we really wanted to dig in and support, you know, SAR. And we did a lot with uh, SPCA and and then Sea Sky Community Services, right? Because they're just an amazing umbrella group. But we kind of thought, you know, we would just mature and find like a a better, more meaningful way to do it. And I think like sadly part of the, you know, the casualties of the past few years has been all distracted on trauma, survival, you know, and and getting back on our feet. But now we're like back into the fun conversations about like how do we make Squamish ever more proud of us? Like how can we how like that? Because that's our single like as a company. That's our guiding mantra. We have a purpose, which is super clear, which is we make it easy for people to connect to the great outdoors. Like that's what we do. And and how do we know if we're successful? Because Squamish will be ever more proud of us. Like that's that's the business model and it, and it works if if you get it right. And and we obviously haven't got it right for everybody, right? All the time. That's pretty clear. So it's about digging in and figuring that out. And and like we like when we send out like a passholder newsletter, almost it's over 60% of people in Squamish have gone to the past, which is unbelievable. And when we send a newsletter, people open it. And when we send it a survey, people answer it. So we, like we've got a vehicle to, mm-hmm. to, to understand en masse what people want. But you know what they want. They want to be able to afford it. Uh, they want to be able to enjoy it. They want to be able to mingle with one another. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of what they're looking for from it. They yeah. want to showcase the best of Squamish when they got friends and family here. Like it's not rocket appliances, right? Like it's not super complicated. <laughs> rocket appliances? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Ricky Young. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good stuff. So, so like there's some big things that we're working on now around digging into community giving, like we, other than just giving a lot of stuff away. So you'll see some stuff from us over the course of the next year. Easily know where the best patio is in town. Oh yeah. Oh, like like hands down. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, you know, part of us being shut down is I've discovered other people's patios and there's some really fun spots in town. Oh, too. There really like, are. Yeah. yeah. You know, shout out to Backyard for the work they've done down there. 100%. Valley Cliff is awesome. Yeah. Cliffside. Like, but like, no, community is like, that's the focus. We've got some, 
you know, some big things we want to do over the next few, few years for sure. But it all all comes back to community, you know, and and that's the the Friday Night Music Series starting June seventeenth. Oh, when June seventeenth? June seventeenth. Shameless oh. plug. Back. Shameless plug. Shameless. You heard it here first. Yeah, I meant to have a better look at the roster because I'm I'm uh, I've forgotten who's up first, but it might be Hair Farmers. It might be. Oh, yeah, they're, anyway, they're they're a staple up there, aren't they? Those guys, are yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Know, special human beings, those two. But stuff like that. I mean, and everything we do outside of Turnley Gondola on is meant for locals, right? Like th- that's what we're trying to do. Because guess what? Tourists love to hang out where locals like to hang out. Like it's not right. entirely altruistic. It also just makes sense, you know. And that's the kind of the elegance of the model, you know. Like our business model is like well, be it, all about Squamish, and guess what? People love Squamish, so right. Ta-da. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the summer patio, uh, for the patios, for the live events again. I've always had my pass for. I mean, after this winter, who really isn't ready yeah, to drink in some sunshine? Hold on a sec. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Marcus. So I know you're not a beer guy. We're always crushing tins in here, but we actually have North Yard cider on board. I like a good cider. Do you? Yeah. It doesn't have that crazy aftertaste like beer does. And it's like, it's crisper. And I like the dry cider. It just tastes so good. Yeah. It's just a non-decider cider, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> when you can't decide what you want to drink, you have a decider cider. Really? Yeah, that's the that's wow. the rule. I, I never heard that. I know, I just made that up. But, you know. <laughs> I've had their ciders. It's great. They've got so many different kinds, too. They've got the dry cider, the semi-dry. got, like, cool things like raspberry cider and the grapefruit hopped cider. And it's so good. And they're local. They started this business in Squamish. They have their own farm now, I heard. Well, it's all about the juice. And now they have their own orchard in Salmon Arm. They're still tied into Squamish heavily. If your local liquor store doesn't carry it, just ask them to carry it. Tantalus Fine Beverages, they distribute throughout the Sea to Sky and all over BC, actually. So if you want to try any of the flavors, they are at the farmer's market. I know every second Saturday, usually Tantalus Fine Beverages is there giving out North Yard's samples. Yeah, Kurt. I saw Kurt actually last Saturday. I know. I popped over there. Got a couple of samples. <laughs> free cider. <laughs> and it's I'm so good. I'm not argue with free cider, especially if it's tasty. Right? And it's so good. And I think he had like four or five different flavors too, so... If you want more information, check out NorthyardCider.com. Crafting fine cider since 2018. North Yard Cider Company, your gateway to great taste. Now, back to the show. So let's get to this question because I think these two don't want to ask the question. So I'm going to ask the oh, question. Oh, we're scared. Oh, gonna, <laughs> we're scared. Right you're scared anyway. of the question. I know, I'm, I'm not going to ask. There isn't a question that I'm not scared to ask. I'm, I'm happy to ask. Because <laughs> we know when we talk wait, about wait, the wait, gondola. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want another beer? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, no. Okay, this I'm halfway through. through. I would, I, you know what? I'd happily oh. take another backcountry before we do the real stuff. Anything else? Yeah. There's got to be something there. I got you. I got you. Ben and Mark and the boys always seem to know exactly country brewing. Backcountry brewing. Was that? Do you still have a, some more bleed oh, up there? Bleed. Yeah. I ain't got time to bleed, but I ain't got time to bleed. We just cracked bleed. the first can of this right up fresh off the press last the other week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do it. Nice. Do not give me an IPA. This show sponsored by Tums. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus, hit me with it. All right. You mentioned a couple of times uh, tragedy and a few things that happened at the gondola. It didn't happen once. It happened twice. What, what what can you say about what happened? Like, can we can we throw some wild theories at you, and you can confirm or deny or not say anything? Is it ongoing? Is, is it still an ongoing investigation? What's happening? What's happening? 
I know a lot more than I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how Kirby Brown gets his kicks these days. Tossing it lines it. like that. No, I you know, um, no, I mean, I'll tell you everything I can, which you know, tr- truthfully, isn't a ton. One because I don't know everything for sure. But you know, at first, like it was hard. It was awful. Like personally, for me, my family, like and everybody at Sea Sky Gondola and their families, mm-hmm. it was awful. And for a lot of people in town that kind of depend on us and everybody else who likes to visit us, like it was awful. Just that for whatever reason, and obviously I'm curious about what the reason is, but that somebody feels like they can take that decision into their own hands at tremendous consequence for an entire community. And also put people's lives in danger like the second time they almost killed one of our guys the first time came close to you but the second time within seconds of taking a life was and it, so it was the second time in the middle of the night both also of them, both of them in the middle of the night so exactly how, so, how did they cut it down exactly did they climb up one of the, the poles and then yeah. just use a high-powered saw they, both times they got up a, a tower and they used a cutting tool to cut the cable how did the recoil not kill that person oh, i don't understand that it's a it's a crazy thing to do it's a crazy thing to do you're unleashing tremendous forces yeah with very unpredictable consequences and in, in, in both times it was a huge mess and uh and the scariest part of it you know nobody got hurt um but but you've got people that you love that you work with who have families who love them they're going out every day into that forest under carnage and they're incredible professionals like i, I work with some insanely talented people truly incredibly talented folks but there's always unpredictability when you've got debris hanging trees you know, and uncertain tension is about to be relieved with every single thing you do. And the methodology that was used to plan out how to fix it up and clean it up was extraordinary. But at any time, it could have been catastrophic. And I think what's important is like, there's lots of really horrible stuff going on in the world, right? Like actually horrible stuff. And and this doesn't get on that scale for me. You know, there's people losing loved ones today. And that's not this, but it could have been. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. And that's like my my energy and anger around it comes from that, like like the audacity to believe that you and what you believe gives you the permission to do something like this is is not the kind of human being I think most of us would ever aspire to be, right? So what's astounding to me is I work with this group of people who are like, we're trying to do something good here. And when somebody brings you darkness, the right reaction is to bring lightness. And so let's talk about our future and being even better at what we intended to be and, you know, look at our priorities and how we're standing up in this community and get back on track as quick as we can to do that. And so that's you have done. to be commended, too, because when the first time it came down, I mean, the, the community rallied right behind you. Yeah. And there was a lot of great support. A couple of chamber meetings, you and I, it's like and the chamber and the local businesses were all there rallying. They put up, uh, you know, all the businesses came together, hire some of your staff. So at least they wouldn't be out of work. Yeah. And a lot of community support saying, you know, what can we do to help you rebuild? You know, and then when the second time happened, it, you know, there was no faltering. Again, the community right came together yeah. and we, we sorted this stuff out. It's just it's just too bad they haven't been able to lock down one why yeah. or the person who the perpetrators who've done it. I couldn't agree with that last statement more. But, you know, but what I what I now appreciate and I guess I did then. But like who wants this person caught more than me sitting in this chair like nobody. And, and I've come to a place of deep curiosity about understanding why you get to this place, as I think is the right right response. Because um, anger doesn't get you anywhere. It just stops you listening. And there's certainly something I need to hear. Not just me, but the organization, like as we move forward. But I do know that the, the RCMP are working it. They are working it hard. And it just says how complicated these things can be. You know, like I, there's a case of uh, uh, an off-duty police officer killed in Nelson and it took him two years. 
and he was killed in broad daylight on the street in view of witnesses, right? So if you're going to get a conviction in something of this magnitude, it, you cross every T and dot every I, and that takes time. And so when I talk to them, and of course, you know, because the investigation is highly independent, they don't tell me a lot, but what I get sort of whiffs of is the due diligence that they're, they've been doing. And, and so all I can do is help them out. And we're helping them out in every possible way you can think of, plus probably a few more. So in those talks with them, and I'm sure it's limited and I'm sure it's guarded from their perspective yeah. too as well. Is it something they feel like they have a reasonable idea and it's just trying to make sure they're solidifying the case against the person who they feel is perpetrated? Like, is that the well, feeling you get or is it what is it more... Not, they're still trying to not, piece it all Not together. quite that precise. What I, The feeling that I get, the clear understanding I have is they have a plan and they're working that plan. You know, and that's kind of all they can really tell me. I don't really know where they are in the plan, you know, or yeah. or how the whole plan unfolds. But, you know, obviously I talk to a lot of people in and around policing and have been on the phone and in conversation with professionals from just about every single aspect of security that you can possibly imagine. And again, probably a few more. And, uh, and they are professionals and they do their work you know, with convictions solely in their mind. So we got to, got to give them the time. You must have heard some wild theories though, about why and who I have. I have, I mean, <laughs> what's the, I, I have, can, can you I'm like, sure, can we right? do conspiracy theory right now? Like what's the most craziest theory? Do you want to share or no? I do. Okay. I do want to share one. <laughs> I want to hear it. This is okay. kind well, of I'm going to, I'm going to repeat this theory verbatim. So when I say things, just know that it's not Kirby Brown saying it. <laughs> I'm literally repeating a message that was left on my office line. Yeah. And, and somebody, somebody in this community left that message that I won't name. So I, I don't, I don't want, if they happen to be listening to this, like, trust me, this isn't the only theory that I've heard that, you know, is definitely mm, stretches the boundaries of what I believe probably happened. But who am I to say? So the theory uh, and the message, um, you know, has any humor in it at all. It was that was like literally, and you guys being long-term locals may be able to validate this part. It was a local who said this rumor had been around for decades. And so they were clearing their conscience by sharing it with me. So you guys can tell me if you've heard this one before, perhaps. The theory is that there is a Japanese real estate consortium who are waiting until the LNG plant gets built before they blow it up to create a new waterfront real estate development in the old wood fiber site because the crater will create some really nice property, but they don't want to kill people. So they're preemptively cutting the gondola down to make sure that when that explosion happens down the road, that there won't be anybody on the lift that's injured. And somehow that also correlates to releasing rabid coyotes in Stanley Park. And that, that that correlation is it makes total sense. Well, I, I shouldn't be laughing. Like, I feel mysterious. so bad to be well, laughing. How, I, if okay, one day so this, this goes down, long, uh, born this and your, raised, this is on your voice. Born and raised, never heard you, that. Okay, so no, you haven't heard. No, that. I, I'm born that. and raised. I mean, also, I know, I know that I've not heard this. That is I know not a, wood fiber was a town at one time yeah. before right. it was the pulp mill, right? I mean, I know yeah. that much. And, and again, like that's not me disparaging Japanese people or real estate developers at all. I'm just saying that is verbatim what was left. This is left on your voicemail it was indeed i did and i did share it with the authorities well of course i did did they say what the fuck no not in those you have it on your words. phone like can we i know it's you, my, it's it's I, know you have I did save it you, you can, did save I it saved somewhere i did save it because there's days where you know a little levity goes a long way but anyway See, if you're listening but it's got these locals say they haven't the heard story it's yes. probably the delivery too has got to be pretty good it was breathless and it was definitely heartfelt was it was it purposely trying to hide their voice 
No, they were very open and shared their name, and they were. This is serious for them. They they have heard this. Wow. Okay. No. Yeah. No, I've never heard it. Okay, so that's so you guys don't think that's it. Theory number saying. two brought um, to you by Backcountry Brewing. I'm gonna say no. All right. No. Fry. My mine. What's your theory, Marcus? Well, I, I heard that like one of the owners is owes money to some gangsters, and the gangsters cut it oh. down because they didn't pay him back. And then, uh, then when they rebuilt everything, they're like, "Well, we rebuilt it, so and it's like you still owe us money, but I'm not gonna pay you, so they cut it down again." Why didn't they? Why wouldn't they just take out the the owner? Well, exactly. Why okay. would they? Why would they start See? cutting down things that actually makes the money yeah. for the owner? Right. I'm mafia. Yeah. Like sense. go straight to the yeah. straight to the head. Yeah. And Fryer, like what's your theory? Okay. I, I don't have theories, and I'm going to tell you why. Cool. I, I've oh. never really. This sounds of, boring already. <laughs> no, I've never liked that it actually happened in the first place. Right. I don't know. I don't play into it a lot, and I don't know. Yeah. And I don't waste a lot of time, like you say, about anger. It's the same thing for me. I don't waste on time on things that I can't control. Okay, boring. There's so much other things going on. <laughs> seriously, it's, that I just still, don't have time to worry fun. about. It. But what it, it is, anyways, it is. I guess for, <laughs> okay, for some people, I have it's a theory. great to get on Facebook, Squamish speaks, and listen to everything that's going on and what they feel and what is this. All right. My my, my on only thought horse. is this. This is my thought. <sighs> what was the result from the community after, like the first one? Yeah. You, everybody did jump behind you guys. But after the second one, even, I just want to know, was there, was there a dip in ridership? Was there, did people come back stronger? Was there even more resolve from the community? Like we have more pass holders as of today than we've ever had before. That's awesome. awesome. Maybe that's a new plot. And then, dun, 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 dun. that's Jesus. it, man. And this is the it's thing all about sales. I don't it. want to. What a great marketing. Whoever play. the jackass is, <laughs> backcountry or jackasses are. Yeah, I didn't never want to give them a stage for that. Okay, I have a theory. What's your theory? Okay, so I think it was John French. <laughs> oh. Just kidding. I love John French. John. Obviously, it's not John French. That was. <laughs> John under the bus, just like that. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. So See, for me, it was it was always about like when you guys were initially testing the gondola in its infancy. Yeah. They had cabins fall before Kirby Brown. They rock. We have winds here in Squamish. Could that slice the line? I don't know. No. I just I'm one of those guys. I'm I scared as shit of heights. Like, well, these these gondolas were manufactured and put together from a company in Switzerland, correct? Doppelmayr Austrian. Yeah. So yeah. they kind of know what Cabins. they're doing. You yeah. Know, there's, if there's anything that you like for you specifically that came out of this one they were both definitely cut to the there was a cabin that fell off before they opened yeah. before they had all the wind sensors along the line yeah. and it it was blowing like one of those days where it was just absolutely nuking they, they were blind to it and it got blown into a tower and they hadn't done all the grip checks and everything else so it was like one of those installation accidents but having witnessed what happened to those gondola cabins on two occasions caught between trees against cliffs with incredible forces trying to pull that cable out and those grips held like it's wow. they are never coming off the line wow. like it was the engineering is insane incredible well, you just made me Excuse feel better I'm not I hear you have like the state of the art um, like one of the best security systems oh, in yeah. the world right now right trust me yes yeah First one gets cut. I'm, I'm guessing really. there's no security. There's nothing there. You're, Never you're, had the thought that that would actually happen or could happen. Is that, yeah, is that your, right? Your average run-of-the-mill security. Like we Obviously, we had security staff and we yeah. had some cameras, but nothing. Your typical security guy yeah. sleeping at the bottom in his car. Kind of thing. <laughs> kind of sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Did they not fence it? Was it is it not secured? Can you not get into those poles? Like on the second time around, like so the, what was installed after the first time to prevent the second time that made the second time like you've gotta be kidding me. After the first time we spent a lot of money on technology. And and that was the answer we were getting back from people back then was and and honestly the first time around 
it's not that we were at all sort of complacent. It was like, it was a huge eye opener. It was obviously, but the thought was like as likely vandalism as sabotage. So you're talking about two very different motivations um, and two very different likelihoods of a similar style attack happening again, which is exactly what happened. But still, we, we believe we were protected against that, but we use technology, outsourced people using high tech technology. And the answer came back that that's not enough, right? Like you, you cannot outsource something as complicated. And the reason why there's not barbed wire fences and everything else is, of course, it is a park. Right. We, we have an easement through the park. So we're trying to be as gentle as you can possibly be on that experience. And the experience is a lot about riding the gauntlet. Right. So you don't want to go. It's already invasive, if you ask me, because I look at it all the time, like what we've had to do. I don't I don't like it, but it's a, a response that's trying to find the right way to actually protect it without becoming like an air base. Well, you did mention the first time when it came down, it could have been an act of vandalism. I think people just went straight ahead and said this was sabotage. I didn't think about, oh, someone just cutting down the lines for fun. I thought there was always a motive. It seemed serious enough that someone would do that yeah. as, as a motive to do it again. So at the time, there there was a, a fairly extreme vandal roaming around our world who, who's since been caught, but he was doing summer things using cutting equipment to damage highly dangerous stuff for kicks and so it wasn't outside of the realm of possibility but i mean we were also thinking sabotage to be honest we were like no this is somebody how committed are they did they get what they wanted maybe maybe not we don't know but so premeditated usually there's a message right when someone does something huge like that they they post something somewhere they leave a note somewhere saying i did this because of this this and this and i believe in this but that never materialized well i think it is the message i think that's maybe the one insight you'll get from me about what i believe is going on is like the the, the cutting is the message, and a message to whom? Well, clearly to Sea to Sky Gondola, but also probably to everybody in this town about development and, you know, things to come. Yeah, see, and this is why I just choose to think about going up and having a really a nice, tasty, frothy, yeah. cold backcountry <laughs> beverage like the on ignorant. the patio. And a beef dip. Overlooking yeah. that yeah. absolutely wonderful view. Yeah. But everyone likes a mystery, right? So, I mean, that's why the, you probably get the questions. And you can probably get the, the crazy yeah. theories on your phone. And, and I think everyone at the end of the day wants to know why. Yeah. We want an why. answer. Why? Why and who? Yeah. But one day we'll get those answers. Yeah. And, and the truth of it is, like, I as I talk to my team about it, like, don't sit here in our current reality pretending we're going to like those answers. What are the answers going to do for you? I just want to know. Yeah. At this point, like it's happened right? twice. Like why? The why hell? would you risk your life too doing it? Because yeah. when the cable snaps and engineering oh. wise, like, oh, yeah, it's I very that. dangerous that's, doing that's that. Insanity. Totally. You that's know? the thing. How that and hasn't happened, I don't know. Put yourself at that risk to do such a thing and then affect so many people local businesses that depend on the gondola employees um i mean my business i I did a lot of work with the gondola i was affected by it twice so it's one of those things where like why what what goes through your head to do that sort of thing is it environmental business what what are you getting out of it like what is what's your kick out of it like why why are you that deranged to do it twice yeah if it is the same person that did it twice who knows yeah this person one day will probably have their own soapbox and and they don't now but when they're caught they likely will right and we'll have to listen to that. Like, you don't want, in this case, the criminal to be able to spout their manifesto or whatever it is. But 
like I, I do think curiosity is important period in life like it's like a, I don't really know how to say this without it being like me on a soapbox so forgive me and shut me down you can in university when conversations used to get serious we used to pull up our shirts and tap our belly button so feel free to use the belly button is that, tapping is that an e-coaster thing I've maybe I don't know it's, it's you know I'm getting serious I'm gonna play with my belly button yeah it shuts down conversation real quick and, and really gets it back on track so feel free to use that technique but but here's like like after spending way too much time and living living in this dimension with this stuff like you know cynicism is real writ large around how things happen in our world for all kinds of good reasons, right? Like just look around. There's lots of stuff that is going wrong and we've become way more aware of it over the past few years and social media has helped that a lot and also just fan flames that don't deserve to be fanned a ton. And I don't think as a society we've ever come fully to grips with having all this information from everybody all at once. It used to be vetted and I don't think we're very good at that or at least Mark Zuckerberg is making sure we're not. And so I think what's important, right, for a community like ours is to be curious, but also just to to reflect on what we can do to help the community of all the way we want to. Like, get engaged. Like, there's so many chances in this town. Mark is like, you look at you and your business, right? Like, to help craft a community that has amazing things happening, accessible for everybody, right? And at least make our own microcosm of this crazy world the highest quality of life we possibly can for all of us, like... Squamish is knocking it out of the park in a whole bunch of different ways. And it's a complicated time. Developments are coming. Populations are growing. That puts strain and pressure on everybody. But we got to be better to each other. When I look online today, and I'm just going to, this is a little personal rant. And I don't care if you love everything that mayor and council have done or hate everything that they've done. We've got to treat each other and the people that choose to serve this community, like get into it and serve this community with a modicum of dignity, right? We've got to afford them some respect and listen to the wise and be way more curious about what's happening and how we can influence it than just sitting around complaining and crapping on everybody and taking things into our own hands. Like if that's the way that you choose to express yourself, you're a compelling society in a way that I don't think anybody likes the outcome, right? Like, what is that end game? So that's that's why I'm staying curious, right? But it's also why I think it's time to move on a bit. Like, we're not going anywhere. We've got the wherewithal to pick ourselves up. And anybody that thinks that doesn't understand business or insurance or banking or the tenacity of people who love their town, period. When was the last time Squamish got kicked and stayed down? Never. And so let's 100%. let's remember that and get on with the business of making sure that we are inclusive and make sure that this town has all the support it needs and our decision makers have all the tools that they need to help us get this place to where we all believe it can be, you know? And that's, to me, the message of this whole thing is you can't let an individual bring a community down. You can let them help coalesce around ideas that help us get forward faster. And that's it. I'd Like I say, I just, I don't choose to pay attention to it because at the end of the day it's not driving us forward yeah. like you say Kirby he ain't going anywhere but like the comeback Dude, story we're gonna twice. come back like, twice it's amazing yeah. that's, you know that's, that's the real story that's the comeback story and, and COVID and, and then COVID. you get what happened yeah, right. with COVID <laughs> that's right and a, then maybe, that was maybe, it you get to stand in front of a media conglomerate and I'm wondering <laughs> what's going on for the second oh, time and then you get you, you turn around and you get hit with the shovel over the back of the head, which so, was COVID. So can I just tell that little story? So we so we reopened February 14th, Valentine's Day. I was there. Right? Yeah, it was awesome. 
It was awesome, right? It was Wasn't fun. It awesome. You're like, yeah. everyone wow. was there. The MLA was there. The MP was there. The whole cool. local, all, all the uh, all big shots in town oh, were there. Hold on, awesome. hold on. Was February 14th then the soft opening for election season here? Or? No, this was like 2020. Oh, okay. 2020, oh, oh, 2020. Oh, two years ago. So yeah, they yeah, just reopened the gondola. The first okay. cut. Yeah. yeah, it was August 2019 was the first That's cut, right. right? And it yeah. was a Friday. Or no, See, sorry, it was a Saturday. It was after one of the Friday night. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Good memory. Yeah. yeah, I remember that because I thought that was insane timing. Yeah, so it's Friday. I go home that day. Big day, right? Just just lovely. My, you know, my stepdaughter Callie pressing the green button and getting the thing going. It was just really, it was nice. It was really nice, you know, and such a validation of the team and, and the whole community. Anyway, so, cool. so I get home that night and cracking the beer, relaxing. It was a long day. And I get this group text message. So one of my cousins... Uh, his wife is uh, in New York City. She's a pathologist, amazing, brilliant doctor. And she sends out a family message saying, family, I need you to get ready for what's coming because this pandemic has hit New York and let me tell you what I'm seeing. Oh, and and I went from like, ah, to being like, oh, like, <laughs> come right? on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tricky, but. I don't want your insight right now. <laughs> no, it was, it was tough. Anyway, we've all, we've all lived the pandemic. It's been hard on everybody. But yeah. No, we've had some moments like when, our partnership with the Squamish Nation and is 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 deep. Like it's it's real, and we're learning so much about reconciliation and decolonization from them right now. And every single day, it's really profoundly changing who we are and our understanding of the special nature of our place here. Um, and and so they elders, a group of elders came and gave just our staff a blessing before the second opening. Um, wow! Every every one of us. Um, got got blessed. That's um, amazing. And the gondola got blessed, and it it was that moment of catharsis. Like that was the moment that I was like, time to move forward. Let's go. Right, I've sat right. in a room with Squamish Nation elders, and what a humbling experience. It's surreal. Just a, almost. a whole world of of like lessons and awakening and epiphany waiting to happen there. Yeah. You know, like so so my big one. So I I'm honored to serve on the Hiemha Housing Society, the Squamish Nation's. Uh, uh, housing board, which is like one of the most progressive groups I've ever been a part of. So the mandate, Hiemha means coming home. So is to allow every officer of Squamish Nation member to live in a house in housing on reserve within one generation. So it's like a thousand units in 25 years. And we're, we've got our first hundred already in the bag. Announcements coming every other week about funding and building rapid housing initiatives, et cetera, et cetera. Extraordinary group of human beings. And um, I'm lucky to be the only non-Indigenous per- person currently on the board. And, and uh, it's just like it's incredible insight to just see how ambitious and inclusive that whole community is. But my one, my one major takeaway like that I think everybody should be learning and there's so much to learn from our Indigenous population as they go through this huge healing process is that what's never left like it's it's so woven in is this essential spirit of generosity. That one simple thing saves the world. If we were all just more generous with one another, just be generous with one another. Like, don't take away. Just see if you can give. Like you guys doing right. this, sharing. Like for no other reason than you enjoy it. It's that's they generosity. do it for the beer. Well, we do it for the beer, but also <laughs> the positivity that comes out of right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I agree with you. I always say, just be kind to one another. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're, you're adding just something. Be kind. You're yeah. not taking something you know? away. You're adding. And something. I love the generosity piece too. It doesn't have to be you know with wealth or otherwise, but time. The biggest yeah. wealth we have. And you're just limited. You only have so much of it. What I wanted out of the story was the resiliency. Like, yeah, man, we did it twice. Yeah, Come no. back, kids. What do you think about that? Huh? Wherever you are out there, whoever the hell you are. Yeah. And newsflash. 
major decisions don't get made on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, hey? Just going just gonna to no. toss that out there. I'm not... I don't believe you. <laughs> they do get made at town hall, and you get to go there. That's right. I mean, now you get to go there again. Well, you haven't. Yeah, you we haven't been there. Yeah, that's right. You haven't been the last two years. But now it's time to. But like, it's can. time to get. I can't wait till they bring that question screen. up during yeah. the election season. How many times are you in council chambers? Well, I couldn't go there for two years. So, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, this is they're they're all big elections. This is a big one too, right? But and I can't we're wait for Marcus. We're, get, we're getting political again. That's awesome. Is it? Uh-oh. Every show <laughs> we always say we, we don't want to get political. This is when my eyes glaze over. Getting political. Yeah, we do yeah. kind of. We do always get political. It is election season. It is an important election, and it's time to see through the shit we see on on the social media and find out why people are saying certain things. But I've always said this too: if there's smoke, there, there's fire. So if yeah. there's if this stuff is coming out, there's going to be a reason for it. It's up to everyone in the community to know what is happening and do a proper informed vote and get involved in what's happening in your community. But on a municipal level, you just don't have that. So you just have the the stuff that flies around on the social media. Apart from in-camera meetings, every decision council has made is on the record, right? And if you don't like a decision, go to the record. That's where the information is. Like, and so that, that, that requires effort and clicking and finding it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's called democracy. Hey, it's, yeah, they it's a lot of words. It is. It's a lot of democracy. I can just see this video tough. from Squamish Voices, and it tells me everything I need to know. I know. Yeah. I know. Man, they from, don't make it easy. You mean I got to click through things? I got to like, go and search stuff and find the day this happened and when in the minutes they discussed this to find out what happened. What? This guy just telling me they're evil. So come on. I'm just going to believe this guy. It's less effort. Come on. Don't talk about them, Marcus. I don't want the pod chat to be lit on fire. Squamish voices, man. Oh, take it easy. It's not mentioned Squamish moms either. I know. Don't 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 mention the Squamish moms. They'll be here too. Three of us in here can't even get into that group. I know. Gaslighting, buds. Here we go. (laughs) Did you hear what they talked about? (laughs) Yes. Does your wife do the same thing? Like she does not do social media much <laughs> and avoids most of those things like the play. Love it. You're yeah, lucky. I love it. You're lucky. Oh yeah. And she she's uh yeah. Smart. Brilliant. She's brilliant. She's actually brilliant, like truly brilliant, like way smarter than I am, which is always intimidating, but Anyway, she agreed to marry me. So what can I say? That's her decision. The smartest move she ever made. Right? Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Marcus. Go. That's a sweet thing to say. Exactly. Because I say the same thing with my wife. Right. <laughs> like, why'd you pick me? I don't know, but it's great that you did. Best decision ever. Yeah, best decision <laughs> ever. Hey, Friar, have you ever hiked up there? Oh, no. No? No, no, no. And listen, I, I've got some friends who've done it, and, and it, it was on my list of Buds, stuff to do. Let's and, do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Let's do you. it. Yeah, let's. Why don't we all do it's it? It's a big hike, but lunch and beer at the top. Marcus yeah. will be waiting for us with the mics. Yeah, I'll go with you guys, but I'll be slow and lumbering. I don't have the knees for it, but I I don't mind you taking my time. At the top and I'll take. You, oh, I'll go with you on the trail. You will. I'll do, okay, I'll do the trail do with you. Let's Just, do it. I'll Kirby, be. You're down I'll be too. very slow. 100%. Okay. I, I will not wear my Crocs. I'll actually wear proper footwear yes. and oh actually do it. No, I want to do it just to see him actually put other footwear on because I've never ever seen him with other yes. shoes. I might kind of close my eyes right now. I can't. I can't picture it. Like maybe some like maybe some like some Nike Hikers. Air Ones or something like this. Oh, Air even? Force Ones. Like, oh, some Air Force <gasps> Ones, but yeah. I'm really slow. So. Me too. Oh my so, god! Okay, I used so. to have pacers on the trail on like I think it was Saturdays, and I I was the slow group pacer. I love it. All right. So what's the fastest slowest? What do we? Oh, what, I, what do we talk? Three hours. Yeah. No slow. I mean, you could take six hours doing it. It's six and a half kilometers, but it's 800 vertical meters, right? So it's yeah. like it's, it's a, a bit lot. of a run. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to take your time. 
I'm middle-aged. I am broken from all the years of, of football and abused and broken bones. And, and I lumber. I take my sweet time. I, I don't know if six hours. Lumbering. Seems, that describes my style. Yeah. Precisely. It's very lumbering around, yeah. like getting, <laughs> getting through. My, I, can, I think like I can do through life. Hours. I just lumber. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm I just lumbering like around. two and a half, three hours we can do it. No? No. no. Yeah, so what's the first, first off, what, what's the fastest? I think it was like, well, I remember, I think Eric Carter won a race when they were doing that at 47 minutes. Yeah. Out of here. Wow. 46, 47 minutes. Get yeah, that's, but that's, that's, <laughs> and if Eric, you're listening, that's absurd. Get Ridiculous. A get a job. Get a job. Yesterday, the other day, talking Do about something other some than of the, being fit. Yeah, yeah. Some of the trails. And he's like, yeah, well, I'll talk when I'm back from skiing in the Himalayas. Yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> 47 right? minutes. Anyway, 47 minutes. But wow. then, and you were talking about how your so best time the, is six hours? No, no, no I'm not faster than that. But, okay. you know, what's but like, the average time? Like three, three and a half hours? Three and a half. I think we do it three and a half, four. Yep. No, no, I'm five. I'm guaranteed five. <laughs> so, yeah. now, listen, let me get this right, though. You get up to the top. Beers. Beef dips. Okay. okay. Hey. Oh, now get beef dips. But you get a free ride down, good, right? Eh? No, 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 buddy. You pay to get down. I Sorry, pass. I don't did care. I, you still have to pay to get down. Did I say we're not for profit? No, I did not. I said no, we're community I, minded, but no, I you're thought, paying. Like, I, I heard pass. somewhere at one time I, in my first no. year, you could, like, if you did the hike up, this has been you like you, ride down. You, this has been nothing but a marketing gig for us tonight. So we'll get you a download ticket. I, okay. I said it live on air. Get him one of the Buster the Dog tickets. All right. Sure. Okay. So, 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 this is what I heard. I heard you can't bring dogs. Well, up. you heard they can wrong. Come with you and then yeah. you just download. No, I get a lot the, of the, the dog needs its own gondola ticket. pass. Your have dog, a dog can get right on the gondola. Know. Half of yes. which goes to SPCA. Yeah, boy. and I don't even have yeah. a dog, and I know this. But the dog can. The dog has to hike up. But That's he right. can. You know. Like, you know why though? Because I get a lot of heat about this. One. By the time the dog has done six and a half kilometers, well, they got their poops out, right? And it, it means that the summit, this beautiful, you know, subalpine area, doesn't turn into a dog park. Right. But the oh, reason why dogs pay bag. is because for Tech Safety BC, every heartbeat on a lift is a passenger. So they take a seat like anybody else. So you could bring your parakeet up. Not that I recommend that. Um, and it would still, I would still charge you for a ticket. So yeah. there's, there's the capitalist. That's what I learned in business school right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Paid for the degree right. right there. So true, true story about me and the gondola. So I, when I was thinking about taking the job, obviously I went up there and it was super quiet because midwinter, but a really lovely day. And, uh, and it was close to the end of the day. So I went out on panorama, not a soul, like not a person out there. And I get to the chief overview platform and there's this couple um, and he was taking a picture of her and she had big glasses on and I could tell they're of Asian descent and I, was, and, and I could see tears coming down her cheeks. And so I, I kind of waved at the guy and I said, would you like me to take your picture? And so he came back and gave me the camera and took the picture of, you know, that shot looking down at the Squamish. Um, and then he came back to get his camera. I was like, I, I don't mean to intrude, but like, is, is your wife, are you, is everything okay? And his English was pretty broken. And he explained they're from South Korea and they were on this trip because their son had just been conscripted. And this is 2015. Things were getting pretty hot along the DMZ between North and South Korea. Yeah. And their son had just been conscripted in the army you know, off to an uncertain fate. And his one dream was to come to Canada and he couldn't cause he'd been sent off to the army. So they had come in his place to stand in this and experience Aww. this place. And she was crying out of joy for being in a place that her son would love. And, wow. and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, okay. right. It just, <laughs> All right. Uh, that's, that's what this can that's be. That's what it, this is about. That's what this can be. Like yeah. it, it could be a roadside attraction or it could be that. And why not choose yeah. that? Well, listen, yeah. Kirby, I know we've had you here now. It's been a pleasure. We're on a couple yeah. hours. This has been absolutely awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. I feel like we could do this for, geez, oh, yeah. another two or three well, we'll, hours. You know what? We'll do it for another two or three hours on the hike up. 
There you go. That's what we'll do. Yeah. We are going to do that. And you know that's what? what I need is recording everyone going, ha, ha, ha. Fryer every <laughs> show. What are you talking about? <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks for Thank being you. so interesting. Where You At Buds is produced by Evelyn Schellenberg and Stephen Fryer. Marcus Monopoly is our executive producer and edits the show. Theme music, Wannabes by Dirtbag Republic. Our voice guy is Matt Grant. Where You At Buds is an Anubis media production. Thanks for listening and let us know where you at, buds. Follow us on our socials. Links are in the show notes. And please subscribe. Subscribe.